Hello, and welcome to the Foundation for Middle East Pieces podcast. This is Sarah Ann Minkin, and I am delighted to be here today to continue a new FMEP podcast series spotlighting the good work of our partners and our grantees. Today is April 19th, 2020, and I am here with attorney and executive director of the Association for Civil Rights in Israel, Sharon Abraham Weiss. The Association for Civil Rights in Israel, ACRI, is an organization that FMEP is very proud to support. Sharon, thank you for being here with us today. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Can you tell us please about ACRI? What is your mission and whom do you serve? And how do you do your so, work? So ACRI is the oldest and largest human rights organization in Israel, established in 1972, uh, following the model of the ACLU actually. So we are an organization that has two missions. One is to defend human rights, and the other one is promote a discourse of human rights. And we are doing it with three different strategies. So the first one is the legal framework. We uh, take petitions to Supreme Court and uh, we advocate in, uh, with legislation as well. Uh, this is the first one. The other one is public outreach. We do have uh, social networks, a website, and uh, uh, communications that we, with, the, uh, with the public. And the third one is education. So we do produce curriculum uh, for uh, classes and for teachers um, about against racism and supporting the democracy. These are the three strategies. We're not a walk-in system. So we are doing advocacy and policy mainly. We're taking mainly to um, High Court of Justice or Supreme Court. We're taking um, uh, landmark cases uh, that will have influence on a lot of grounds. We are famous for landmark cases in terms of equality, promoting women, LGBTQ community, the uh, Arab minority citizens of Israel, um, to some extent in the rights in the occupied territories and uh, asylum seekers and others. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And has anything changed for you now with COVID-19? Has anything in your work changed? Uh, yes and no. No, in terms of that we're doing the same mission. We are defending human rights and promoting discourse of human rights. Yes, in terms of the pace. The uh, COVID-19 brought us a lot of challenges to democracies as we knew them. All the discourse about the balancing between the different rights is, is different. No doubt that uh, uh, we don't speak about freedom of movement as we spoke about it two months ago. Obviously, there are lots of restrictions on our movements, on our, uh, on our life, and uh, it has some justifications. What we are trying to do now is to balance and ask ourselves whether the COVID-19 crisis pandemic around the world justify full violation of human rights? And from ACRI's perspective, the answer is no. Where do you put the, uh, the balance? These are the questions that we are raising now um, to make sure that we're not throwing the baby with the bathwater. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're raising those questions now? What does that mean? Yeah, I'll give you, um, I think the most uh, distinguished example is about surveillance. In the regular times, there are lots of discourse about privacy. What is, where do you put a balance? What does it mean? And um, uh, here, there's more use of surveillance to find COVID-19 people um, that are ill and to quarantine the others. 
um, whether it's legitimate, whether or not. We, we, exclaim, we claim that the situation in Israel at this stage is uh, unconstitutional, and I'll, I'll lay the infrastructure for this. So just um, that you would understand, in Israel, there's an emergency uh, state since the inception of the country in 1948. So this is the default. There is an emergency of state, and it means that um, there are emergency regulations that can be enacted. What are emergency regulations? In a regular democracy, you have separation of powers. There is the parliament, the, uh, our Knesset. There is the executive branch, which is the government, and there is the Supreme Court, the legislative uh, branch. And uh, at this uh, stage, the emergency uh, regulations are that allowing the government to, uh, to take over and legislate. So although there is a functioning or semi-functioning in our case, Knesset at this um, stage, I'm saying semi-functioning because we just have elections and um, it's an interim Knesset or parliament. But what happened is that the executive branch is legislating in a fast forward with no um, separation of powers or checks and balances. And that's what happened with the surveillance. At one uh, night, the executive branch decided that the security services of Israel, Shin Bet, will have the powers um, to have surveillance upon the po all the populations. So letting them use their powers in civil crisis as the COVID-19. And we explain, we took it to Supreme Court, we submitted a petition and we explained two, th two things. One, that is unconstitutional now to use emergency regulations in a civil crisis. And B, that there is no need to give the Shin Bed the authority of uh, civil, uh, on a civil crisis, that it should have been used uh, by other uh, means, other means should have been checked before, before giving it as a default to the security services of Israel. Uh, this case is pending. There was, um, last week there was a hearing, uh, seven hours hearing at Supreme Court. It was all um, live streaming for the first time of the history of Supreme Court. Anyone Supreme could watch? Yeah, anyone could watch. Well. Uh, and it's kind of contradiction because you would say, wow, this is real transparency. Anyone could watch around the world on one hand. On the other hand, I mean, uh, the irony is that the hearing was about the non-transparency around it. And we're waiting for a verdict at this stage. You're waiting for a verdict. What is your concern about the Shabak, about the Shin Bet uh, having access to all of the surveillance data or, be, or the use of the Shin Bet with the... In a, in a civilian population with a civil matter? So I think any, any democracy is asking itself the same questions, whether you want your security services to have access to the data of all the population. I mean, these are things that we saw um, in um, his former USSR, East Europe, before um, uh, the, the change of regimes. I mean, these, these are methods that are not used in democracies. And uh, these are things to be um, worried about. And also, how do you climb down the ladder after the COVID-19 crisis is over? What does it mean giving so much power to this authority? I mean, as a default, without checks and balances, as I said. At this stage, we were, um, it was semi-success in terms that the uh, Supreme Court said 
that it's unconstitutional, that it will ha happen in regulations, in emergency regulations, and it moved to a regular legislation. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are more checks and balances, but still about the content, we have our arguments, and uh, th this is the verdict we are waiting for. Waiting for that verdict. So we'll be following and, and, and updating our audience as to what happened. Yeah, I, I believe verdict. it's going to be in a week or two. Yeah. Okay. Maybe during right. this week, even. Yeah. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about who is especially vulnerable now during COVID-19 in terms of the work that you do, protecting, safeguarding democracy and civil rights, protecting civil liberties, social rights, and also about your work with East Jerusalem, East Jerusalemites, and residents okay. of the occupied Palestinian territories? So there, there are a couple of things. I mean, I spoke only about democracy, but it, it's not the only thing. We at ACRI, we are looking ahead, and I think uh, the socioeconomic issues will have a great effect that will stay with us for a long time. Um, vulnerable population obviously include migrant workers, people that lived in poverty, and um, we see a lot of issues of women in the job market. Uh, our unemployment rate went from around 5% to over 25%. Most of them are women. And uh, I, I'm very worried about this. We had a few successes, like um, we submitted a petition to Supreme Court about people that are getting stipend allowances from the government that the bank's branches would be open and these people would be able to get their allowances. And we, uh, we, we, were we, ha we had a success in this, the bank branches were open for, for them to get their stipends. So I'm, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you just for one second. If you hadn't petitioned the government for the banks to be open for people to receive their stipends, how did the government expect people to receive their stipends otherwise? I think uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, our socioeconomic department has dozens, in plural, dozens of letters in the past month to the different authorities about housing, about allowances, about the right to dignity, um, about many things that have to do with the whole population, especially vulnerable people, about homeless people, about other things. And this will stay with us for, for a long time. As so for the- uh, work is both the, the, the big landmark cases and also this direct advocacy on behalf of people's achievement of their rights. These achievements, so in Israel, because we're a welfare uh, country, the right to a dignified existence is uh, also uh, constitutional. And these are also landmark cases that we, uh, we submitted to Supreme Court. I mean, when you're asking for people in poverty to get allowances, it's not behalf of one person. I mean, this is um, a stra strategic petition to help those thousands of people um, to, um, to receive their, their rights. So uh, we also have a lot of petitions, as I said, about, uh, not petitions, letters about housing. Um, a, a lot of issues around, we had also with the Arab minority, Israel, uh, the Palestinian citizens of Israel, uh, in the beginning, all the information was not translated. So we used to have the, um, the news in the evening, broadcasting live in what is happening and there was no translation into Arabic mm -hmm. or the unemployment uh, forms were not translated into the Arabic into Arabic these are these are two achievements of ACRI that mm -hmm. today there is translation to all this 
as for East Jerusalem, um, we were very worried about a lot of things beyond the language is one example, um, but also um, information, um, getting, getting information, having, for the Bedouins, having quarantines areas. Yeah. Uh, so we are in direct connection with uh, uh, people of the Palestinians in the West Bank to understand their needs, and we're trying to solve problems of communities. So these are not petitions to Supreme Court, but in, we're, we're writing letters to Attorney General and to the Army trying to um, solve uh, individual communities' problems. We got um, an answer, for example, we asked that house demolitions will be stopped during this time that people are sitting at home. And, uh, and uh, we're very happy that we, we got a letter that is saying that the house demolition at this time will be, um, uh, for new housing will, be, will stop and houses will not be demolished. And um, yeah, it's a lot of work. Now, as I spoke about Acre in the beginning, I think we're very successful and we, I can say that we are very successful in our work, in the way that we, we can communicate uh, and the, the needs to the authorities because our infrastructure is there on a daily basis. Uh, ACRI is working uh, with Israeli uh, citizens in terms of uh, poverty, in democracy, in privacy, in occupied territories, uh, with, and with the refugees and asylum seekers. So since we have connection to these communities, we can uh, promote their, uh, the rights in the COVID-19 time as well. Wonderful, thank you. Are, are there specific victories from your work with COVID-19 or, or your work at this moment that you think can establish a precedent moving forward? Yeah, I think all the, uh, what I mentioned about the uh, emergency regulations is uh, definitely landmark and important. And Attorney General himself, after repetition, said that every, the use in the um, regulation should be minimized as possible. I have to say that it's not only the COVID-19 that we thought about it, we submitted a petition against the state of emergency as a default in Israel in 1999, 21 years ago. This was pending for 12 years, uh, 13, sorry. The verdict was given in 2012 and uh, it was minimized. The use of state of emergency was minimized, but unfortunately, was not uh, eliminated completely. And that's why there are still regulations that are going on this. Wow. And also today, we just joined a petition about uh, women's rights, due representation to women in the committees that are making decisions. How do we uh, exit the COVID-19 era? How do we uh, remove the quarantine? How we go back to schools and uh, uh, to the public spaces? Unfortunately, there was a committee that was nominated in Prime Minister's office that was consisted of 29 men and two women. So we joined a petition today by Itach Maki, Women Lawyers for Social Justice, uh, with 13 other organizations asking that um, there will be more representation for women in general and the uh, Arab and ultra-Orthodox women in particular vulnerable communities in this time. Wonderful. Sharon, thank you. I want to ask you, are there any last words or last ideas that you want your American listeners to know about Acri? 
Yeah, I'm uh, actually a member of INCLO, International Civil Liberties Organization, which is 15 organizations like us around the world, including the ACLU. And we are trying, all the executive directors together, to look around the world at the phenomena. What is happening in Israel with the uh, surveillance is happening in other countries as well. India is under a big uh, um, um, challenge to democracy at this stage. Hungary uh, government are using a lot of um, powers that I'm not sure that should be used now. And you, this is the role of the uh, civil society uh, in general, and in particular human rights organizations like ACRI, to stand up for the people's right and defend democracies. Wonderful. Thank you. We are so proud to be a partner, to be your partner in this work. So thank I want to... I want to say thank you. This interview wraps up this, this piece of this interview wraps up this episode of FMEP's podcast series. I invite you, our listeners, to learn more about ACRI by visiting ACRI's website, subscribing to its many wonderful resources, following ACRI on social media, and if you are so moved and able to join FMEP in our support of ACRI with a contribution. ACRI's website can be found at English.acri, that's A C R I, dot org, dot I L. As always, this podcast and more like it can be found at the FMEP website, FMEP.org. Thank you so much for tuning in. We wish you well. Stay safe. Thank you, Sharon, and thank you to our listeners.